Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. What is going on? A lot. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, there's so much that has been going on. I've been doing a lot of thinking. I've been having a lot of conversations with my friends and to be quite honest with you guys, it's been a struggle. Really, it has. It has been a struggle for me between my faith and standing firm in in God's word and my flesh that just feels everything that's going on and, you know, just going through this roller coaster of emotions. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've I've shared it before and I will share it again. Emotions are important. They have a significant purpose in our life. It is for us to be able to empathize and have compassion for others. That is why we feel. That is why I truly believe, you know, why the Bible says when angry, because you're going to get angry, you're going to get upset, but sin not, you know, and that whole sin not part, you know, people may take that out of context. But to me, when I see that sin not, it's basically saying, don't forget to operate in the fruit of the spirit. And one of those things, one of those fruits of the spirit is self-control. So that part of the scripture that says sin not is basically reminding you, yo, you got the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Control your emotions. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to to take place. But when it does Also remember that you have self-control because God provides you a way out. You don't have to act on your anger. Now, for people that do, I'm not coming for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to tell you how you should react or respond to a situation. What you do, in the words of Tabitha Brown, that's your business. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That is your business. You know, but it's like, I tell my children with every decision you make in life, there is always a consequence to follow, whether good or bad, good or bad decisions will have good or bad consequences. So just remember that when you act or react or respond to a certain situation, whether you're right or wrong in those actions, there will be a consequence. You know, I'm not the one that tells you what that consequence is going to be, but I just feel that when you choose to act upon a certain emotion or to act in a certain way, that you are also agreeing to receive whatever consequence that may bring to you, you know? So like I said, that is not me being judgmental of anyone. That is not me saying what is right or what is wrong. It's just me, in my opinion, speaking facts. And the fact of the matter is, is that we have control over ourselves and how we respond, react and, you know, uh, go forward with situations. And with this in this current climate that we're in, with everything that is happening, you know, yeah, I have found myself asking the question like, God, why? Why is this happening? And I don't think that is wrong. I mean, even in in Psalms uh, 10 and 1, it says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And I know for a lot of people, it feels like that. It feels like, God, where are you right now? You know, like, don't you see what's going on? And it ain't even about you seeing. You already knew this was going to happen. So, like, where are you? 
And then you you hear that, um, I don't want to call it a cliche, but you hear that cliche or that, uh, or not even cliche, what is it, a reference? You hear that reference um, of the teacher or the analogy of the teacher in the classroom. When the test comes, the teacher is silent, right? So, you know, people say that as in to be encouraging, you know, during the time of trials and tribulations, when God seems far away or he seems like he's silent, that's just him you know, being like a teacher during test time and just seeing how you're going to respond. And I'm, I do believe that that's true. I do believe that, you know, sometimes God is silent in a moment because he does have to allow our faith to be strengthened, like our faith to be tested, because without faith, what do you have? You know what I'm saying? If your faith is never tested, then how can it ever grow? How can you ever know how to hold on to him? How will you ever know that the, you know, that he's going to be right there for you if you've never had a moment to feel like he wasn't there? You know, um, so I, I get it. I understand it. But I also wanted to to share like um, I came across this scripture in Habakkuk and it's in Habakkuk one and it says, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? And I want to pause right there. Um, well, I'll pause after the second portion. <laughs> it says, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. Okay, now I want to pause. <laughs> I want to pause right there because, you know, the first time that I read that, I was thinking of my friend who is currently struggling with cancer, Right. And and to, it seems like to us, it has been a while. Um, I know a lot of people who have struggled with cancer for a long period of time. And it's just like, how long, oh Lord? How long must we call for help? How long must we petition heaven's door for their healing? You know, your word says that if any sick me, if any sick be among you to to call upon the elders to pray. Okay, we are praying, God. We have humbled ourselves. We have turned from our wicked ways. We fasted. We don't see it happening, but we're still believing. But it's just like, how long, Lord? How long? You know, but then when I continue to read violence is everywhere it started to open my horizons a little bit to our current climate and the fact that, you know, people are protesting about police brutality and they're protesting about injustice and they're pro you know, you got all these different protests that's going on right now and you see the violence still occurring while the protesting is taking place. And it's just like, how long, oh Lord, how long violence is everywhere, but you do not come to save. You know, must I forever see these evil deeds? Must I watch all this misery everywhere I look, <laughs> everywhere I look, I look on the news. I see it. I'll turn on my social media. I see it. I, you know, pick up a newspaper. What is that, Hannah? <laughs> everywhere I look, I see the destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. It seems like no matter what you are standing for, somebody going to fight you on it. There is some there is always going to be opposition. Always. It doesn't matter what you say. You know, there's always going to be somebody who has something to say in opposition of what you're taking a stand for. I got to the point the other day I posted on Facebook and I said, you know, that basically Sometimes, you know, not everyone is going to 
understand your reason why you stand. But stand anyway and free yourself of unsolicited opinions of others. Easier said than done because I still struggle sometimes with people receiving or disagreeing with me but I am getting to a place y'all where I'm just like I am gonna free myself of your unsolicited opinions and ideologies and philosophies I welcome it for discussion I respect you on what you believe in you but I will not argue I'm not gonna argue with you I'm not gonna waste my time on that you know but going back to just the what I'm seeing. Yeah, as a believer, I'm I'm I've asked the question. I've I've said God how long? I've I've said God why? I don't understand. Um this just doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. I this is a struggle because I see this and you feel far away. You feel like you're not here. But then I'm reminded of the scripture that also tells me that His thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither are his ways my ways. And the thing is that even though it doesn't look good and it doesn't feel good, good is going to come from it. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and I was saying, you know, it's interesting because right now we see all this devastation. Right now we see all of this hurt and this pain and this anger that we're feeling and we're you know we're crying out and it's just like god where are you or this doesn't feel good i don't like what's going on but i said to her think about 60 years ago during the civil rights movement and how during the same type of protests uh they sent dogs out to chase people they used uh water hoses to to keep them away they you know people were actually lynched and hung you know uh stakes were burnt in front of people's houses churches were built uh, were burnt down like all of this devastation same same thing was happening it didn't look good it didn't feel good but good came out of it because now we have integrated schools Uh, Now we have the right to vote, which a lot of us don't exercise. And so I will say, hey, are you registered to vote? Are you ready to make your voices be heard? And it's not just in the general election. It's also in the primaries in your local government where laws really happen and take place. Everybody focuses on the general election, who's going to be president. But it starts in your community. It starts right there. I'm sorry, y'all. I just I had to plug that in real quick because it's important for you to exercise your right to vote. People died for your right to vote so don't talk about you know oh my vote doesn't count it does people died for it and that's the good that came out of them dying for it at the time it didn't feel good and you go into that family member of the person who lost a loved one and saying oh good gonna come for it they ain't trying to hear that there's a time and a place for everything right and so there's a time for mourning there's a time for grieving there's a time to refrain from embracing so you know give people that time give them that space mourn with them that mourn you know weep with them that weep cry with them that cry and then when the time comes for embracing when the time comes for dancing when the time comes for joy then we can rejoice but it doesn't feel good 
My point is, is that right now it doesn't feel good, but good is going to come from this. It's going to come from it. I was talking to a friend yesterday and she even brought to my attention about like this whole situation with George Floyd. Very on situ- uh, very unfortunate situation. It doesn't feel good. It, it, it totally doesn't feel good for his family members. It doesn't feel good for the black community as a whole. But she pointed something out to me by saying, you know, Hannah, honestly, and yes, this is an opinion and you may disagree with it and that's okay. But I, I kind of, I see her point and I kind of agree with her because she pointed out to me that, you know, Hannah, I don't really think that the amount of attention or the, 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 the length or the, the amount of the outcry of what happened to George Floyd would have happened in the same manner that it is currently taking place had it not been for COVID-19. Okay, y'all are probably saying like, what? What are you talking about? Well, think about it. Due to COVID-19, a lot of our distractions have been taken away. There's no sports. There's no entertainment. There's nothing. So while people were sitting at home under quarantine, idling, you know, trying to find something to do not to go star crazy and have cabin fever, you know, they were paying attention to the news a little bit more. And when this was shown, there was this uproar and this outcry of, no, this is injustice. Think about it. I mean, true enough, this was a public lynching. This was something like we had never seen before in modern time or more recent because this 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 has repeated itself. I mean, this is a repeat of our history. But the the thing is, is that you were faced with it. You were faced with what happened and then you were faced with your feelings because you couldn't go anywhere you couldn't numb the pain by watching sports they couldn't distract us by saying oh well the NBA playoffs are oh you know football um the draft is coming they couldn't distract us away from it so we were forced to pay attention we were forced to dial in and that's why I say I agree I, I see her point we will never know whether the same uproar or outcry would have happened had it not been for COVID-19. But I, I, I agree with her opinion that because of it, because it forced us to face it more, that we we were just like, oh, no, this this cannot be. We have to fight this. We have to come together. And so now there's, you know, these protesting and now there's people coming together and I know that it don't feel good, y'all, but there is good that's coming out of this. There, There is good coming out of it. And so it just brings me to the, the place of just saying, you know, yeah, sometimes our faith is going to waver. Sometimes we're going to ask God, where are you? Why does it seem like you're not here? But that's the beauty with being a believer. The beauty of hope is that you know, all it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed. This brings me to another conversation that I was having with another friend. And we were talking about this very same thing. And I was saying, you know, God says all that we all we need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And we can tell to the, tell the mountain to be thou removed and it'll be removed. And she was like, yeah. And she was like, sometimes it takes you having those 
faith of a mustard seed, having faith as small as a mustard seed sometime to get to that avocado seed faith, you know. But the thing is, is that we are constantly going back and forth between mustard seed faith and avocado seed faith. Because sometimes I got avocado seed faith to believe for things. But then there's stuff that happens in life that's like, whoa, this is a big blow. Hold up. Oh, God, I just I don't know. This is this is hard. But it's in those mustard seed faith times that God is like, I got to stretch you. I got to pull you. You know, I I have to put you through something because if your faith is never tested, how will it ever grow? And if it doesn't grow, how will you be able to trust him in the big things? How will you ever be able to get to the avocado seed faith to trust him for those big things, for those big dreams, for that, have that crazy faith that Pastor Michael Todd is always talking about to believe, you know, for something that you've never seen before, but just know that it's out there and that your name is on it. You know, sometimes we well, let me just speak for myself. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm made to feel like it's wrong as a believer to struggle in my faith. But the interesting is, is that even our great cloud of witnesses, there were some that also wavered in their faith. Let me remind you of a few of them. Let's take Moses, for example. Moses is in that cloud of witnesses, right? But Moses struggled with his speech impediment. Moses told God, like, I can't speak. I'm not the one. And so Aaron, his brother, had to become his mouthpiece. He struggled in his faith. But yet still, he is one of our pillars of faith. That that one indiscretion didn't stop God from using him. God was like, all right, fine. You don't believe that you can speak before Pharaoh. Let your brother speak, but I'm still going to use you. Imagine what that did for his faith to the point where he got mad with the children of Israel and smote the rock was just like, y'all, what's wrong with y'all? You know, um, let's talk about Gideon uh, again with the whole God. Is that you talking about testing God? Gideon had to test God. I'm like, God, are you real before he decided to believe? Like, hold on. Wait a minute. Uh. And he and it's not even like he asked God one time. It was a couple of times that he asked God, OK, so now this time make it wet on the bottom and dry on the top. Like for real, Gideon. But God used him. God used him with a small number of people to, you know, to defeat, you know, the, the army. You know, and what about our father of faith, Abraham and his wife, Sarah? What about them? They wavered in their faith that they felt that they needed to help God out and created an Ishmael before they got their Isaac. And that's our father of faith. Oh, and let's talk about them Israelites, right? A whole generation had to die off before they could enter into the promised land because they kept wavering in their faith. And they were walking with God daily. Daily, they saw his miracles. Daily, they got to see his provision and they still wavered in their faith. So don't tell me that I'm wrong as a Christian if sometimes my faith wavers. Lord, help my unbelief. 
You said all it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed. That's all I got today, God, is faith of a mustard seed. I've been through so much because just to be quite honest with y'all, it's hard. It's hard to see the injustice in our in this world and see people go through things. It's hard to watch a loved one go through, you know, um, treatments for whatever ailment that they're going through or or watch them suffer you know with this ailment while you praying for them and you know that they're a good person and just like god i don't understand it's hard to see that it's hard to see people lose their jobs and not know where the next check is going to come from to to feed their family or to pay their bill or for them to even think about i might lose my house it's hard especially when that person is you and you're like, God, I don't understand. Things were so good. What happened? I lost my job. I'm about to lose my car. I I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's hard, y'all. It's hard. And when you go through those times, your faith wavers. But all you need is a little faith. Just a little. Just believe in him just a little. He's like, I can use that little bit. I can use that little bit and I can help the unbelief part. I can help that part that you're struggling in. Just trust me. Just try me. It's hard. I was saying to Anthony the other day while we were going on a walk, I said, you know, this is just me, but I choose to believe. Even in times where it may seem bleak, it may seem like all is lost. I choose to believe because I'd rather have something to hope in than no, have no hope at all. Like, I can't live life like that. I can't live life without some type of hope, without some type of, you know, faith to believe that there is a better tomorrow, that there is a better a, and brighter day to come. I choose to believe in that. I, I personally cannot live without faith. I have to have something to hope into. And my hope is in God. My hope is in knowing that, okay, God, this doesn't feel good, but I know it's going to work together for my good because I'm called according to your purpose and I love you. I've shared this before. How do you know that you're called? Because he said so. He told us in his word. He said, I appointed you. I chose you. He didn't just choose Hannah. He didn't just choose Anthony. He didn't just choose your pastor. He didn't just choose whoever you think that, you know, is this high spiritual person or whatever. He chose you. All of us have been chosen. All of us have been appointed to go out and bear much fruit. All of us have. And all of us have that responsibility. And how do you know that you love the Lord? Because when you love the Lord, you obey his commands. You'll obey what he says. You'll do what he says. You'll do what he asks you to do. He said to go out and bear fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Because that's how you know if you love them. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It's going to work for your good if you love them. And if you're called, he told you that you were called already. So, you know, it's, it's for us to go out. We've all been given gifts. We've all been given something like all of us are a part of one body. That's what the Bible tells us, right? We're all a part of one body. We're all a part of this 
the, the this body of, of Christ. And we all have been given certain gifts. And the Bible specifically talks about how how can the air say to, you know, the the hand, I don't need you. Uh, I was talking about this this passage with a friend the other day. And I said, you know, that's like me saying, what, what does my pinky toe do? My pinky toe doesn't do anything. I could cut it off. But y'all know that if you cut off your pinky toe, that you're not going to be able to walk because, like, it helps you to balance. Did you know that? I can't tell my pinky toe you serve no purpose because it does. As insignificant as my pinky toe may be to me, it is not indisposable. <laughs> And it's the same thing with all of us. As insignificant as you think your gift is, it is not indisposable. We need it. The body needs it. We need you. And so I'm saying this because a lot of us are at the point right now, whether it's due to church hurt, whether it's due to things that we've been through in our lives, whatever the case may be, we feel like we're not good enough. I have struggled with y'all with this, y'all, for a very long time. I have struggled with feeling like I'm not good enough, like I'm underqualified, like, God, are you sure you called me? Like, are you sure that it's me that I'm supposed to do? Because um, mm, I don't think so. But he's been speaking to me in this time. And he's just like, Hannah, it is time for you to emerge. It's it's time. There are people waiting on you. And just like there's people waiting on me, there's people waiting on you. There's people waiting on you to step out in your gift and your calling and for you to do what you need to do. No, we are not all called to be preachers and teachers. Some are called to be preachers and teachers. Some are called to be helpers. Some are called to be organizers. Some are called to do this and that. We each have our own calling to do and to operate, but we all function together. We need you. We need you to step out. We need you to to say, you know what, Lord, free me of me so that I will no longer be a hindrance to myself with self-doubt and thinking that I'm underqualified. I know I have this gift inside of me. I'm going to use it. How do I use it, Lord? How do you want to use me to benefit the kingdom? Because we all have that. We are all called to go out and to help and to produce fruit. We're all called to do that. It's not just some of us, all, all of us are called to do that, to go out and to produce fruit. And even if you don't completely believe 100% in what it is you're supposed to do, remember, mustard seed, allow him to work that mustard seed into an avocado seed. I know it's hard, y'all. I know it is. I, I personally struggle with this because there's a lot that I've been through in my life. And, you know, over time, I probably will share it all. And I've been asking God, like, God, I know that I've been through certain things for a reason and that it's all to bring you glory. How do I share it? How do I encourage my fellow sisters and brothers with my story and the things that I've been through to help them understand that, like, uh, God can use anybody, even me. (laughs) even though I've messed up, even though I have come from, you know, situations that some people may or may not have ever experienced before. But your experience is what he needs. The whole Bible is based off of testimonies. It's the testimonies of people who have gone through stuff, who have experienced things. You know, look at Rahab. 
She is a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And she was a harlot. Like. There's so many people. And she's one of our, our pillars of witnesses. Look at her story. Look at David. A man after God's own heart. I mean he had some 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 sexual issues too. You know. Um. He took a man out just to get his wife. Like, whoa, David, like you, you're a murderer too, bruh. But you know what? In God's eyes, all of that's the same. We're the ones who put weight on sin and say that this sin is more, is greater than that one. God is like sin is sin. It's all the same. Wrong is wrong. It's all the same. That's why I can show mercy to everybody. Because everybody deserves mercy. All have fallen short. And I feel like we do the same thing with our gifts. We look at another person's gift because we fall into that comparison trap. And we start comparing ourselves to other people. And we start saying to ourselves, like, oh, I could never do that. You know, like, they're they're already doing it. So, no, I can't do it, too, because, you know, it's going to look like I'm following them. Or, you know, I'm not going to have as much success. Stop worrying about you. Hannah, because <laughs> I'm talking to myself when I say that to y'all. Stop worrying about you. That's why the Bible tells us to deny yourself. If any man follow, if any man would come after Christ, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow him. Denying yourself is denying your feelings, denying how you feel, denying about all the concerns about how people are going to look at you, going to reject you, how people are going to say so. Stop worrying about people. Free yourself of the unsolicited opinions of others because it's not about them and it's not about you. It's about you fulfilling your purpose and your calling, you walking in it. There's somebody waiting on you. There's somebody waiting on you to open your mouth. There's somebody on you waiting on you to start your business. There's somebody waiting on you to do what it is that you've been sitting on for so long. It's time to get up. Get up. You can't stay there forever. People are waiting on you. There are need. They need to hear you. Move. And stop waiting on other people to do it first. No, you do it. And, and it's like my husband said to me, he was just like, Hannah, you know, even if there's something that you're doing that somebody else is already doing, look at the bread aisle in the grocery store, all the different brands named the bread, all the different brand names. But there is a spot on each shelf for every last one of them. And people get to choose which type of bread they like, which bread they want. Because not everybody is assigned to everybody. There's certain people that you are assigned to. And so they're waiting on you. Yeah, so-and-so got this going on. But the people who are waiting on you ain't over there because they waiting on you. So they can't get their breakthrough. I was talking to another friend um, and we were talking about, you know, the whole being a testimony for somebody else. And I've, I've shared this before, um, you know, but that resonates with me. When she said that I'm tired of being the testimony for somebody else. And I relate because, you know, I get tired of being a testimony for somebody else, too. When when can I get my breakthrough? When can I see somebody else's testimony? Be like, oh, yes, Lord, thank you. 
but I don't get to make that decision. I said, God, use me. I want to be used by you. I, I want to do what you've called me to do. Well, that's a part of denying yourself. So if I'm going to use you to be a testimony, then I'm going to use you to be a testimony. And I need you to share your testimony. Share the goodness of the Lord. Share what God has done for you. That That's the other thing, y'all. You know, so I said to you earlier that I can't, I choose not to live without faith. I also feel like I can't live without faith because I know too much about them. Gave my life to Christ at the age of 12. And from 12 to probably 19, I was doing the whole going to church thing, you know, didn't really develop a relationship with God until I went off to college. And funny story, (laughs) and I'm sharing this so late in this episode, but um, I'll be quick. But one of the reasons that pushed me to developing my own relationship with God was because I found myself having to defend my faith. You know, um, my mother at the time had uh, decided to become seven day Adventist. And so while I was off in college, both her and her pastor were calling me to talk to me about seven day and, you know, giving me scriptures and everything. And for me personally, I was just like, I don't want to believe in something just because somebody told me about it and of course yes it was completely different or not completely different but it was different from what I had been exposed to for the last seven years of being a Christian like okay you telling me something totally different now so I found myself searching the scriptures and asking God because the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom ask God I found myself asking God, like, God, show me for yourself. Show me your truth. Show me who you are. And that's when I really started to develop a relationship with him. And I got to know his character for myself. I no longer was relying on the testimony of grandma and mommy and auntie and the pastor and whoever. I started to have my own. And it brought me to the realization that even before I developed a relationship with him, even before I gave my life to him, when I was looking back over my life and I thought about certain situations that I had been in and had gone through, I was like, God, you kept me. You kept me. You showed me mercy in times when I could have, I've made stupid decisions and could have lost my life or could have been snatched up, or could have had something very bad happen to me, you kept me. And so when I think about those things, I'm just like, I know too much about them to give up. And he says the same thing. I know too much about you, Hannah. I brought you too far to leave you now. Why would you think I left you? So when I have those moments of saying, God, where are you? You feel so far away. You're silent. He's like, I'm not because even when you didn't know me, you didn't know to call out to me. You didn't know to to ask me where I was. I was right there protecting you. So now that you know me and you know that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why do you think I would abandon you now? I'm here. Trust me. So I share all of that with you guys just to say I know it's hard right now and he may feel far away. But just like that song, even though you don't see him, he's working. 
Even though you don't feel him, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He's always there. He's always with us. And it's okay if right now you're operating with mustard seed. Because if you trust him, you'll eventually have avocado seed faith. And you might find yourself in a mustard seed faith situation again. But just keep trusting him. Keep believing because there is good. All things will work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You are called. We need you. The body needs you. Stop sitting on your gift. Stop sitting on your talent. Don't be like the man with the talent who went and hid it in the sand. Be like the one who turned five into ten and two in the because there's something on the inside of you. There's treasure in each one of these earthen vessels. We all have a treasure inside of us. We just have to believe and trust in God because it's not in our own might, right? No, we can't. That's the other thing. We can't do this in our own might and in our own will. We can only do this with God's help. That's why he says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you know, you will produce much fruit. You will produce fruit. As long as the vine is connected, as long as the branch is connected to the vine, you will produce fruit because apart from him, you can do nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing because we try to operate in our own strength and our own strength will go but so far. But with his strength, we can move mountains. I hope you guys got something out of today. I always enjoy coming to you and just sharing my thoughts and sharing what's going on with me and what I'm thinking and feeling. You know, um, and for those who may be thinking and feeling the same thing as me, let me know I'm not by myself. (laughs) Send in your emails, your your listener letters to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com or DM me on IG at um, hannahsworld00. And for those of you who don't know what IG is, because I realize that I say the acronym all the time. And some people who may not be familiar that that is the acronym is Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) But you can hit me up on Instagram. Um, You can also connect with me on Hannah's World on Facebook uh, as well. So but yeah, let me know that I'm not alone because, you know, I I do this for y'all so that you don't feel alone. But it's lonely on this podcast by myself when I don't have a guest. (laughs) So let me know you're listening. Let me know you're feeling me. Give me some feedback and what's going on. But I love you guys. And until next time, peace out, world.